Hi, it's Tom Sheehy with the Sheehy Strategy Group in Sacramento. It's September 15th, 2023, and the California legislature just wrapped up the first year of its two-year session, just wrapped it up last night at midnight. Well, it's amazing how many pieces of legislation uh, California legislators can turn out. I think it's about time we go back to a part-time legislature. This year, in just the first year of a two-year session, there were 1,974 bills introduced by members of the Assembly and 1,056 bills introduced by members of the Senate. And if you do the math on that, that's 3,030 bills that were introduced this year. And you may say, so what? What's the big deal about that? Well, just remember that almost every single one of those bills, if they were passed and enacted into law, would cost taxpayer dollars to implement and would ultimately reduce your freedom somewhere doing something. So I'm always happy and relieved when the legislature finally wraps up its work for the year because I know they can't do any more damage to the state's economy than they've already done by way of higher taxes and more red tape and regulatory burdens for entrepreneurs and business people trying to make a living in this state. The California Chamber of Commerce is the most um, well-known and powerful business lobby in the state. And um, they're headquartered here in Sacramento, and they weigh in on legislation every year by way of what they call their job killers. And the idea is to try and identify those pieces of legislation that are so egregious that, you know, a lot of people would lose their jobs if they were uh, actually passed and implemented. And um, typically, the job killer bills don't make it to the governor's desk. They're usually amended or killed in the legislature. But this year, unfortunately, a number of job killer bills, I believe there's uh, over a half a dozen of them, were actually passed by the legislature and sent to the governor. And, um, of course, we don't know yet what the governor will do. He's going to be lobbied heavily by the business community to veto them. But just to give you an idea of the type of legislation uh, coming out of the Capitol uh, that could impact businesses in this state, um, the first one I'm going to mention is a job killer bill. It's SB 365 by Senator Weiner, uh, who's a Democrat from San Francisco. And his bill is designed to undermine arbitration. His bill is designed to make it harder for employers in the state to use arbitration as a means of addressing employee disputes. And, you know, this is in lieu of going to a superior court and litigating. Litigation is extremely expensive. Um, it costs small employer jobs, and sometimes it'll put small employers out of business. And as far as large employers go, it's just another cost pressure that makes the products and services they sell that much more expensive. And litigation can be timely and drawn out over a long period of time, uh, which really isn't good for anybody except for the lawyers that are collecting all the fees. So despite the fact that um, arbitration clauses in employment contracts are efficient and fair, Senator Weiner is trying to make it much harder for the business community to use arbitration as a tool. That's unfortunate because that's going to cost us a lot of money in the state, and it's certainly going to cost us lost jobs. The next one would be SB uh, 616 by Senator Lena Gonzalez, who is from Long Beach, California. And um, despite all of the recent uh, um, employee leave bills that have been signed into law, giving California employees more and more leave time, um, Senator Gonzalez felt, uh, feels that it's important to almost double the number of sick leave days that employers are required to give their employees 
she would raise the sick leave minimum each year to five days. Uh, Its current level is three. And she would also increase the caps on how much sick leave you could carry on the books and carry over from year to year. This is a very costly leave mandate for employers. It's very unfortunate that Senator Gonzalez and her colleagues weren't willing to work with the business community uh, to either shelve this bill or uh, make it uh, less burdensome. But nevertheless, we're looking at a significant increase in sick leave time that employers must pay. This is compensable, and that is if the governor signs the bill. Then you've got SB 799 by Senator Portentino, a Democrat from Burbank, California. And as if we didn't have enough problems in this state already with an $18 billion deficit in the unemployment insurance fund, Senator Portentino's bill is going to make that deficit even worse. And why does that matter? Because employers have to pay back the unemployment insurance fund deficit by means of higher taxes, higher payroll taxes to the federal government. What Mr. Portentino's bill does is it says if you're a striking employee, in other words, employed at some business or organization, and you go on strike, you would be entitled to collect unemployment insurance as a way to help soften the blow to your own um, bank book. This is a terrible idea. It's clearly a one-sided approach to try to help striking employees, and it's stacked against employers. And of course, the cost of this is going to be borne entirely by employers by means of higher payroll taxes. Of course, that means that employers will have less money available to grant bonuses and pay increases to their employees. So it's a bad idea all around. It's another job killer. Then you've got another job killer bill, AB 524, by Assemblymember Wicks, who is a Democrat from Oakland. And what her bill does is it expands those characteristics that are protected under the Fair Employment and Housing Act. And it does that by essentially saying that any adverse action that's taken against an employee, it can be assumed that it's being done as a result of that employee's caregiver status. Now, most employers are sympathetic if you need to time off to take care of your spouse or your sick parents or sick children or other close relatives. But to Miss Wicks, this isn't good enough. She wants to create this new class of a protected characteristic as a family caregiver. And then she wants to define those people that you can take care of under this law as not only close family members, but anybody that you designate. In other words, it could be your neighbor three blocks away down the street and you become their designated caregiver and your employer has to recognize that and give you time off. This is a law that is ripe for exploitation and abuse. It's a bad idea. It's certainly going to kill jobs. And we'd like to see the governor veto AB 524 by Buffy Wicks. Um, Moving on to another area that makes it hard for individuals and businesses uh, to be successful here in California. The state of California has one of the highest tax burdens. We're in the top three tax burdens of any state in the United States of America. And we have the highest, the absolute number one highest personal income tax rates of any state in the country. Despite all that, Assemblywoman Aguiar Curry, who is a Democrat from Yolo County, California, in Northern California, um, she introduced and got passed uh, ACA1, which is a proposed constitutional amendment that will essentially make it um, uh, much easier to raise taxes in the future through um, local measures. It'll no longer require a two-thirds vote to raise taxes. 
the ACA one bill by Assemblymember Aguiar Curry would reduce that two-thirds vote threshold down to 55%, making it easier to raise taxes. At the same time, on the other flipping the coin on the other side of that, Assemblyman Ward, who's a Democrat from San Diego, got ACA 13 passed. And what that proposed constitutional amendment would do is make it harder for taxpayer advocates to guard against higher taxes by making the threshold they have to meet uh, for collecting signatures and for the votes that they have to get on their ballot measures that would protect taxpayers by making it more difficult for them to achieve, achieve those required numbers. So we've got two proposed constitutional amendments, one that makes it easier to raise taxes and one that makes it harder to stop tax increases. So clearly you can see that there is no end in appetite for the California legislature when it comes to the desire to collect your money and spend it on more of their programs. So these are just a few of the items that Governor Newsom's going to have to take a close look at over the next 30 days here. The deadline for the governor is midnight on October 14th to either sign, veto, or let become law without his signature. All of these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bills that have been sent down to the governor's office from the legislature here in just the last couple of weeks of this session. We'll give you uh, updates as it becomes clear on what's being vetoed and what's being signed into law and how it might affect your pocketbook. From Sacramento, California, it's Tom Sheehy with the Sheehy Strategy Group, and I'll talk with you next time. Thanks a lot.